My name is Matthew Fort, and this is my daughter Lois. And my name is Lois Fort, and this is my dad, Matthew. Welcome to the latest episode of Thoughts on Food. Hi, Dad. Hi, darling. Hi, Dad. Hello. What are we talking about this this time? We are going to talk about diet. Diet or diets? I think all forms or variations or understandings of the word diet. Well, I think, you see, there are two distinct classes. There is diet, which is what we sort of eat in the normal course of our of our lives. And then there are diets, which we usually go on to try and lose weight. Or exactly, um, or 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 have some other outcome. But before you, before we go into diet, hmm. shall we just find out a bit more about what we've been eating? Oh yeah, well, what, what did you, what, what have you cooked? Anything nice, interesting recently? Yes, actually, last night had a Sri Lankan fish curry oh. uh, with stick with sticky rice. It was really lovely. Followed a recipe, um, haven't made it before, and. It was interesting. You 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 kind of slightly cook the fish first in uh, citrus juice in the fridge, uh, in turmeric and citrus juice, and and we use limes and lots of lime zest. And you can kind of leave the fish for as long as you want, um, at least an hour. And so by the time you add that to what you then make, which is your kind of brothy, liquidy, stewy, vegetable-y, aromatic-y thing. It's almost cooked. So it's quite interesting. It's sort of a cross between a ceviche and, uh, and, a, and, a, and a fish curry. It is, yeah. yeah. But it's really light. Mm. It's, it's sort of lovely and light. Um, and you use sort of tamarind paste and uh, car- cardamom. I think cardamom adds such a lovely flavour to anything. It is very um, fragrant. It's a very fragrant spice. It is. It? Yeah. So um so that was lovely. Well, I confess I have slightly mixed memories about um Sri Lankan fish curries because um I once had one of the worst attacks of gout I've ever had to put up with um oh, of eating them on day after day after day because they were so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually my body shouted help help. Um, help yeah now what i want to say is that, is that i i had some friends around for lunch on on uh, the other day and um in fact yesterday and uh well oh. most of us were, were meat eaters there was one vegetarian and i cooked what i thought was a stormingly good vegetarian dish uh, it doesn't mm. really have a name and it was based on an old pumpkin that i had lingering around the house uh, that's I, what everyone wants to hear when they come to lunch. Listen, your meal's based on an old pumpkin. Well, put it this way. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it did okay for Cinderella, didn't it? Um, <laughs> that's true. And, um, but uh, in this case, it was, it was the flavour was very concentrated as a result of its great age. And I, and I popped <laughs> it up and then I cooked the, the flesh so it was sort of, um, quite mushy, really, but still had a bit of texture. And then I mixed that with some barley to give it some chewiness and also some absolutely delicious smoked harissa that I buy in Stroud Farmer's Market. From the Farmer's Market. From the Farmer's Market. I mixed all that up and then then I mixed in an egg to bind it and then I wrapped it up Mm. in cabbage leaves and steamed it so that it... Oh! And I have to say, it was damned good. Oh. That that really does sound so interesting. If I was vegetarian and I got that as an alternative to a meal that was otherwise meaty, I'd be I'd be 
really touched, I think, about all the effort that well, you've been actually, to. Well, actually, the, the young man to whom I cooked it, Alfie, he said, could I have the, could he have the recipe? Because it was so delicious. And I said, <laughs> unfortunately, you can't because I didn't do it to a recipe. I'll have to work Well, you can write it down for him. Oh, well, you can write it down for him. I'll work it out. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think that that's um, – now, you have, if I remember rightly, you have gone on to vegetarian diets at various times in your life, haven't you? Just to bring this whole well, subject back to where we're supposed to, what we're yeah, supposed to be talking about. Go, go full circle. Mm. I have well, actually, vegan uh, is something that I've tried in the past. I decided six years ago to do a three-month vegan sober detox. Uh, Why? And I was coming back. Well, I was coming back from South Africa. My yearly my my pilgrimage every year. Mm. And um, I'd had the, it was at the end of a really heavy kind of work year and I'd been quite stressed and I'd been suffering a bit from anxiety and I'd had this, you know, headache that wouldn't go away, et cetera, et cetera. And I was on the plane on the way home to London and I just thought, I wonder if I can try and attack this through diet and just really reset my body. Um, you know, at the ends of years and holidays are always kind of boozy and you don't, you're not moderating as much as you might normally do. <laughs> no. Um so I, I I did it. I, I decided this on the plane and so took off from South Africa and ate a normal meal. And then when we landed, I refused anything dairy for breakfast. And I thought, I'm going to just start from now. And it was actually amazing. It was strangely easy because my head was in the game with it. But it was three months. I ate no animal product whatsoever. Um, I actually went off broadly most kind of white carbs, um, refined carbs. and. Uh, and no booze. So this is all quite extreme, but very it was amazing. Very extreme from my point of view. <laughs> yeah, very extreme. And it was socially quite impossible. I mean, I basically just didn't do anything social for three months because I felt like I was just going to be the worst kind of guest to anything. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. And actually, other than the obvious health benefits that I got at the time, I lost some weight, my skin looked better, my hair was better, I had tons more energy, et cetera, et cetera, all of the stuff you'd expect was that it definitely changed my relationship with food now. So I regularly, if it's just me and I'm not eating with anyone else, I tend to go vegan just because I like it. And I now know how to kind of cook interesting things in that space. Um, but I think that's also because it forced me, you know, when I did vegan for three months, it wasn't going to cut it to just, I didn't want to eat, you know, processed alternatives. So I was, it wasn't going to cut it to just eat you know, unflavored, boring veg for three months. So I had to get creative and I got vegan recipe books and I tried interesting things. Um, so I kind of lean towards interesting vegetable dishes now. So I'd say that was a really positive change. And I dip in and out of it every now and again when I want another reset. Well, I think that actually it, it, it's it's actually it's a sort of, um, it's quite a good idea. I mean, I, I, I don't have any great objection, believe it or not, uh, to, uh, <laughs> to, to veganism or vegetarianism per se, because I think it's, it's I am, as you know, an, an unregenerate meat eater. But I think, first mm. of all, I think it's very good to have one sort of um, orthodoxies challenged and be made to cook things that you wouldn't normally cook. And you do, as you rightly say, you've discovered you know, new ideas, new combinations and so on. And I think that's all yeah. really useful. Now, the, the interesting thing is, do you, know what a, do you know what a microbiome is? I have come across the microbiome. I would love to learn more about it. But my understanding is that that is essentially your gut health. Uh, 
and and where all the microorganisms are living in your stomach or your intestines. Is that right? You are full. Your tummy, your gut, every almost every part of your anatomy is filled with trillions, literally trillions, of bacteria, viruses, um, mm. fungi, uh, microbes of one sort or another. There are, there are <laughs> apparently, I looked this up, there are between one and two kilos of these uh, little creatures Ooh. in your body. I'm not sure I needed I'm not sure I needed that illustrated quite so clearly in weight for well, no, this, <laughs> this is important because it's about the same size as your brain. Now the, the, That's amazing. The, and there is a strong relationship between the contents of your of your tummy, your microbiome mm. and your brain. It, they're connected by a thing called the vagus nerve and and information travels up and down the vagus nerve through neurotransmitters. Uh, and they just, and your tummy tells what your brain what to do, and your brain tells your tummy what to do, and so it really, uh, I think what people are beginning to understand is your almost your your whole health is in relation to you the, the your microbiome, and therefore, and it's so can, fascinating. And there are various parts of your microbiome which are very good for your, let's say, for anxiety or for diabetes or for mm. you know, which you can then. Actually, by changing your diet, you can help deal with these particular conditions. So it's, but it's, yeah. only, it's just at the beginning. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of only in the last two or three years, I think, has this really become uh, an accepted science. And I think that the, the really interesting thing is a bit like you've, you've already mentioned, because I, re- I read a bit about gut health and anxiety a while ago and, and the relationship with mental health, which is very strong. Um, is that interestingly, the uh, as you say, the relationship between the gut and the brain is a two-way street. So it's not just that what you've got in your stomach is going to impact your mental health. It's also what's going on in your brain is going to impact how your stomach feels. And there was some great um, examples of this. You know, for example, when we get butterflies or we get we feel sick when we're nervous or apprehensive. I mean, that's the brain talking to the stomach rather than the other way around. Yes. Um, so it's fascinating that it is a two-way street and um, and therefore we've got to kind of be really conscious of what we're doing at both ends of it. Well, I think this is the point. And, and, and what we do know is, is that there are various types of foods which are very good at promoting various types of, of, uh, of, of bacteria and microbes in, in your stomach. And, um, and, and so that you could actually directly influence um, your, your your health this way. In fact, there's a lot of information to suggest that that if you eat a great deal of processed food, you reduce the variety of, mm. of your microbiome, and that has a, you know, a, a a very bad effect upon your overall health, and indeed one of the causes behind obesity and various other problems of the gut. Yes. Um, yeah, processed foods a big issue, and and I and and suddenly also variety is now the big issue. You know, people saying actually, you know, getting into habits, which so many of us do, where you know maybe for lunch we have the same thing every day because that's what we've got around. Actually, that's not fantastic for your body because you're not giving it you're not giving it enough. You know, variety, uh, variety, foods. yeah, variety is the spice of life. I think see, if you have the same <laughs> stuff day after day, after, it's so boring you know i i want to you know something different i want to be you know yeah i want my mouth to wake up and say oh hello what's going on here that sounds of smells sorry, tastes rather good or smells rather good, <laughs> you know it's that sort of thing isn't it isn't that what one wants isn't yeah. that the pleasure of eating definitely it's a bit like exercise how you know how you should do different types of exercise not just the same thing otherwise your body gets used to things and becomes a bit you know kind of 
uh, a bit slow off the mark well, because I it's have, bored. I, I'm, I'm pleased to say that I have actually <laughs> made it my life's ambition to eat <laughs> a, as wide a variety of foods as I possibly can. Uh, no, you do. You're very good at that. And I and the other thing is that we should also be. I remember always hearing this as a little girl: is to eat as many colours of the rainbow as possible. That's a healthy diet. Make sure you're getting lots of different colours on your plate rather than the same ones all the time. This is why I'm I'm actually suspicious of the whole concept of diets as such. That is, mm. uh, you know, regimented. No, you should eat this: uh, the paleo diet, the low carb diet, the Durkin diet, the Aikens diet, the mm. HCG and, and fasting. You know, because you you end up it's you, you reduce the the range of things that you eat because you've got to subscribe to the um, you know to the orders of the of the of the diet. And and I just think that's actually counterproductive it's really boring it may you may lose i mean it's no surprise that people who go on diets lose weight quite rapidly because it's usually about weight loss isn't it but then they they put it on almost as rapidly as they took it off um well that's the problem i think with diets and i've you know certainly been guilty of this is that i think we often turn to a diet whatever that is because actually what 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 we've got is an absence of self-control in the never-ending search for that that word balance and moderation. <laughs> yes. I mean it's so bloody hard. So then we turn to diets in order to plug this gap that we can't fill with balance. Well, you see, I um, I the mantra should be for every man, woman and child in this country should be eat better, eat less. Eat less, exactly. And I have no problem with the better part of that equation, but I have to say I'm still (laughs) struggling with the less. And the problem is the better you eat, the more you enjoy it, the more you want of it. So there's also a problem. Well, I think once, yes, but once you take a lesson out of the the Greek philosopher Epicurus, everyone thinks Epicurean means you should eat lots and lots and lots of everything delicious. And actually what Epicurus said, you should always eat small amounts of the very, very best things that you can possibly Mm. eat. And that is actually, seems to me, the secret of a... um, of a happy biome. Of a happy biome. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna start reading more about the biome and seeing what's good to eat. What? And then just thinking about other ways of looking at this word diet. What are you, any thoughts on different sort of? Because there are different global diets. You know, we endlessly hear about the Mediterranean diet, ah. but then you know the Indian diet is very different. Asian diet is very different, and absent. You know, it has a distinct absence of dairy. There are lots of different diets around the world. Oh yes, I mean, you know, some. some it was always the legend was that the Chinese were lactate intolerant; they couldn't tolerate milky stuff. Although they they, they appear to have overcome that um, in recent years. Um, uh, um, there was something I was. There was something I definitely wanted to say, but oh, uh, about, I think. Oh yes. Mediterranean diet. Mediterranean diet. Have I bored you with my um, fulminations about the Mediterranean diet? Possibly, but why don't you bore the listeners as well? (laughs) Well, stop me if I go on, if I rant on too long. What I was is the Mediterranean diet, according to the the received wisdom, Mediterranean diet consists of lots of fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, uh, fish and, and loads of olive oil. And this is complete nonsense because actually what, what the, the, propagators of the Mediterranean diet never mention is at least two litres of wine a day that used to be <laughs> routinely consumed by by you know, the, the, the Mediterranean peasantry. And this was mostly you know, poor farmers to whom this applied. The other thing about it was that they didn't use olive oil. Olive oil was far too expensive, far too valuable. The, the, the shortening that they used in 
baking and cooking and various other things is pig fat. Enormous amounts of Cor, pig blimey. Fat. Okay. Ruta Orsunio, <laughs> as it's down in southern Italy and, and, and Sicily. And in North Africa, because they obviously they obviously couldn't um deal with pigs, um, they used mutton fat. And you have you have special fat tailed sheep that produce particularly large amounts of fat on their on their tails. <laughs> and they use that for, for cooking with, for making pastries and uh, and breads and things like that. So I would wow. I think we need to look at the the um, Mediterranean diet in a slightly new light. Possibly in a new light. Pig fat. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, imagine having that in the bottle next to your next to your you know well, uh, uh, your hob instead of some <laughs> instead of light olive oil. Well, since you asked <laughs> asked me, I've got some, I do have some in the fridge, so I do use occasionally. I once made a most delicious focaccia. With but using pig fat instead of olive oil, and also mixing in some pork scratchings into the before I baked it. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was, just add insult to injury. No, Blimey. not insult. It was hardcore, but it was bloody good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know what your diet's like then. But <laughs> no, it doesn't. Listen, I a little bit of everything. Actually, I really do. I mean, this evening I think I'm going to have. Well, I'm going actually going to have the leftover. Of the uh, of the vegetarian dish that I made uh, made I made yesterday. You'll have to give it a name. You'll have to come up with a name for that. I think it's a great sounding dish. Ah, yes, yes. Um, you can oh, give it some thought. Can, yeah. can, re, you can come back to us on another ask podcast. Me, ask me. Ask me on the next podcast, Danny. I'll ask you next time uh, when I think we'll also be talking about restaurants. Restaurants. When I think of something you know a thing or two about, when I think of how many happy hours I have spent in restaurants, yes, yeah, they are are palaces of dreams or theatres of dreams. There, not and not and not very great places for diets, that's for sure. Mm, No, Um, (laughs) have you you got a tip for this week? I have got a tip. Uh, Okay, what's your tip? So I don't know if like anyone else, but post COVID, I have lots and lots of leftover unused plastic gloves lying around in my house and I have just discovered in the last week when I've been preparing and making a lot of beetroot that this is the ideal purpose for them (laughs) so I now go and I go into my covid cupboard filled with masks and gloves every time I'm cooking beetroot which I've been doing quite a lot recently because I've been juicing as well Mm. and so I would say Find you all your old COVID gloves or get yourself some medical, cheapy medical gloves and away you go with beetroot. And Saves you, the hands. And you'll never have the hands of a, of a murderer again, stained purple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, on the other hand, what you do have it's to be brilliant. careful with beetroot, don't you, is that uh, you remember that you've actually had some because I remember once having a whole lot for lunch and then going off and having a pee during a cricket match and thinking I was hemorrhaging because the, um, Ooh, yeah. the pee turned... No, I've had that. I've had that alarming moment a couple of times. It is, um, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it takes a minute for the penny to drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perhaps we shouldn't go too deeply into this. Um, no, maybe not. Okay, you, what about you? I'll Any give tips? My, well, I would say my. I want to give a, a plug for my favourite kitchen implement: tongs. Can I? Oh, I was going to say, can I guess? I knew it was going to be your kitchen tongs. Well, I just love these kitchen tongs, particularly good grip ones, because they they work. They're simple. They're they they you know they're wonderful for turning over hot food. Uh, for you use them for stirring things instead of a wooden spoon. And if you drop something on the yep. floor, you only have to bend down half the distance in order to pick it up again <laughs> with your with your wonderful tongs. So get a tong. Yeah. 
I agree. And also, just on tongs, the, I think a kitchen needs more than one pair of tongs. I was given, I have a, you know, a large, normal pair of tongs. I was given by some friends, the housewarming present, a baby pair of tongs, which are really useful for sort of smaller cooking. And then also, everybody needs a wooden pair of tongs for their toaster. Ah, uh, it sounds to me like... So that you don't electrify yourself. A wooden tongs, yes. It's quite yeah, wooden track tongs down. for the toaster. Mm, absolutely, absolutely right. Now, I've got one of those as well. Only I left them on top of the toaster and they burnt. <laughs> yes, I've done that as well. I've done that as well. And it's really annoying because one of the arms snaps off and you have to buy another pair, oh, but yeah. there we go. Well, life is filled um, with these with these little uh, trials and tribulations. It is. Okay, well, I'm going to go and look after my microbiome. Okay, yeah, cherish and your have microbiome. some healthy supper. Cherish yeah. that bad microbiome. You enjoy your yet-to-be-named dish, which you'll tell us about next time. I will, and look forward to chatting about restaurants. Absolutely. Till next time. Bye, bye, darling. Bye, Dad. Bye, Dad.